We don't normally do this, but I just wanted to say welcome to November. And while many of you won't love November the way I do, because, well, quite frankly, based on where you live in the world, according to stats, you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite holiday because I get to spend time with my loved ones and the people I care about the most. And even if you can't celebrate or even if you don't celebrate it, you can celebrate Movember. Movember stands for tackling prostate cancer, testicular cancer, men's mental health, and suicide prevention. Uh, And we all have a male in our lives or a man in our lives that we love and want to be around for even longer. So uh, do what you can to help raise awareness and support Movember. The Ugly Inside has done this for the past couple of years. Uh, You can actually help them support it by going to mobro.co slash the ugly inside. The link is in the show notes. Uh, And by the way, I am growing a mustache for Movember. Uh, I am going to ruin my family pictures. uh, So hopefully you don't have to. All right. So head over to mobro.co slash the ugly inside and help support. All right. Uh, Now let's get to the show. You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. We don't lose a match, either we win or we learn. And today we learn. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Bufal shot. Oh my word. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, and now, and now. Your, host, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show a part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And I hope that you enjoyed the improved performance that Saints put in, uh, maybe the more disciplined performance that Saints put in over the weekend. Um, obviously, coming off of a 9-0 defeat a week before to Leicester City, and going into a week where you have to play Manchester City twice away, uh, it's not exactly uh, what you would like, but maybe it is. Maybe it's the chance to just drill yourselves defensively, uh, line up uh, in, in a super low block and force City to pump in crosses to where your six foot seven Danish center back can actually show that he can head the ball and get it away. But um, anyway. Uh, unfortunately for Saints, uh, not going to advance in the Carabao Cup, uh, did not pick up any points. But I think we can take uh, we can take heart from from what we saw. I think uh, at least that's my take on it. We will see what the guys uh, from St. Mary's Musings have to say about it as well. Because both Jake Hughes and Alan Gunn will be here. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at St. Mary's Musings at JJ Hughes underscore and at a underscore Gunsy. Um, and we're here to talk about. The matches, the games, and and what's going on kind of behind the scenes. And uh, we don't always agree on everything that goes in. We have different interpretations of questions. Uh, I think I'm wrong there. Uh, we have different interpretations of the match and things like that. So we will talk about it all. And I hope that you enjoy the conversation. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to Jake and Alan. So uh, here's the conversation. We'll get to it now. Enjoy. We'll talk to you on the other side. I am delighted this week to be joined on the Southampton Delivery Podcast by the guys from St. Mary's Musings. Uh, we go city away twice in a week. We get two guests on the show. So uh, welcome to Jake Hughes and Alan Gunn. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. I uh, hope you are doing well. Great to be here. Thank you very much for inviting us both. Um, it's also great to, it's great to talk to you as ever, Matt, but also great to speak to Alan as well. Thank you for having us both. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, my pleasure. I mean, you guys, I've, I've talked to you both individually before. Uh, so, you know, we exchange messages every once in a while. Alan, I, 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 you always make me feel really, really guilty when it comes around for the, uh, the preview. Uh, <laughs> this, the sad little crying face emoji my, sent my direction. I, I apologize. Um, it's, been, it's been way too long. So uh, I'm glad you guys are here. And I mean, you guys probably interact quite a bit uh, running St. Mary's Musings. Um, 
But uh, for those people who don't know, uh, uh, Jake or Alan, either one, I mean, uh, Jake, you do a lot of the writing. Alan, you do a lot of the match reports and, and Twitter stuff, but you want to tell everybody what, the, what, what they can find if they head over to uh, at St. Mary's Musings or uh, head over to the website as well. I'll let uh, Jake take that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, St. Mary's Musings. Um, I believe it's St. Mary's Musings.SBNNation.com. I should know the URL by now. It's been five years. Um, but yes, at St. Mary's Musings on Twitter, uh, where you'll find all of Alan's thoughts, um, well, Saints FC related anyway. Um, so anything you'll see on match day uh, during the games or the match reports after, that'll be Alan. Um, whereas we have some other contributors to the site, and uh, I'll try and write when I can, but that's been sparse lately. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's always good to be on the podcast about saints hopefully be positive but we'll see about that yeah absolutely absolutely and uh alan i should say you were just on the in that never podcast last week uh it sounds like you guys had a quite a good time uh talk a little bit about ice hockey and a lot about a lot of leicester city goals um which is uh fortunately for enough we don't have to uh you know talk about that i mean and anybody who said um we would have conceded less to city in two matches than we did to leicester city uh in one i think uh, you know, nobody would have believed that, but uh, it is what it is. Ironically enough, the same number of points and progression. So not, not, not exactly the best thing, the best thing ever, but, uh, but yeah, here we are. So, uh, yeah, people can head over to at St. Mary's Musings on Twitter. Uh, there's also a Facebook page, uh, and it's at, uh, the, the website is St. Mary's Musings.SBNation.com, as you mentioned. So uh, people can go there and if they want to follow you guys, um, Jake, you're at JJ Hughes, uh, and Alan, you're at a underscore Gunsey. Uh, and we should say no relation to uh, a, a certain <laughs> yeah, yeah. goalkeeper who probably won't play for a while. Um, no death threats, <laughs> me, please. No death threats. Yes, this is cloning Angus. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> your brother. Yeah, yeah. You might have to put your actual first name in your Twitter in your Twitter handle. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man, it's too close. Too close for comfort. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, must admit, I, I was questioning Alan Gunn's uh, eligibility. To be St. Mary's Musings Twitter curator after his brother Angus's exploits in golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm being too nice. Yeah, you, got, you just got to go for it, man. Like, he's beautiful. He's, he's a great goal, goalkeeper. You know? <laughs> He'll eventually talk to you. He'll eventually talk to you again. <laughs> Your parents? I don't know. I can't speak for them. Um, well, let's, let's kind of jump straight into the Premier League game then. And we'll, uh, you know, obviously we didn't get through the Carabao Cup, but. That's that's okay. There was a little bit of uh, of improvement there, but I think everybody was looking for a reaction. And um, I guess for you guys going into uh, into to the Premier League match uh, this weekend, what were your, what were your expectations? And, and uh, Jake, we'll start with you. I just didn't want to see another collapse, another mauling, another thrashing. Um, it's easy to, I mean, Saints did let their heads uh, drop massively against Leicester. I just wanted to see signs that that hadn't carried on to other games. Um, you know, against the best team in the country for the last two years. So um, that that's all I wanted really, just to make. I didn't expect to get a result or anything like that. I just didn't want us to get another pasting. Alan, what about you? Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat, but I think it was more. I wanted to see that we've learned from what's happened previously. Um, Yes, a reaction is good, but have we started to learn from our mistakes, whether it be de- mainly defensively? I mean, well, I'll just say it defensively. Have we learned from our defensive mistakes? And I think for a large spell of yesterday, I thought we, we had, but there's still some issues, obviously. Yeah, and, and I don't know why last week turned into the busiest week of all time in terms of, of doing stuff for the podcast. We did... Uh, just the regular podcast that comes out on Tuesdays. And then we did a Patreon only episode, uh, two YouTube videos, um, a live stream on YouTube. And then, uh, the, the newsletter, which I thought was going to be easy to write and short. And then it turned into, uh, this massive thing. Uh, and no matter how many times I read it over, there's always a, a, an error in there somewhere. So super. Um, (laughs) anyway, uh, I mean, yeah, I think the, the big thing was just, you know, yeah, some sort of reaction and, and not, kind of repeating the same thing. And I, and I think that's the least we could, we could ask for. Um, the, there were some changes to the Premier League side in terms of, of who was out there. But I think, you know, we were all expecting 
some sort of a back five. I was really hoping not to have uh, Hoiberg at left back, but he was there. And but I think he did fairly well yesterday. I don't I don't think you can blame him for for very much. And and I think that was just kind of the the type of performance that we need. Um, but then again, I'm I'm also maybe this is too harsh, but like. I guess it's easier to do that against Manchester City than it is to do that against uh, a team that's not quite as good and where they, they won't possess the ball and just continuously uh, try to break you down so you can just set up in this very kind of low low block with very um, narrow kind of space between between the lines and kind of force people to just put crosses in when their striker is Sergio Aguero and probably not going to beat you on a header. So, like, I mean, I, I was pretty impressed with the way the team played, even if I wasn't, you know, all that, you know, excited about the way we were going to set up and, and probably go after the, after the match. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I, I think sit, just having City as an opponent is almost, um, I don't think it will be representative of, of how Saints will be going on the rest of the season. So you just kind of take that game for what it is. It was us against last year's champions. Um, we've just been <laughs> beat 9-0 at home. Um, you know, so if you can grab a result any way you can, um, I'd like to think, Ralph would be pragmatic in his approach to try and do that. I think we we played not necessarily to our strengths, but you know we're, we're not going to outplay Man City, are we? So it, I think all you could ask for or hope for is grab an early goal, see if you can ride out um, wave after wave of attack um, and try and escape with at least a point. And um, we, we essentially... Um, attempted that got close to doing that so uh, I don't think we can read a whole lot into the City game because as you say we we can't play like that we we can leak out against lesser teams who aren't so good on the ball um, yeah. but take it for what it is I you know, I felt pe- fairly positive um, I, I don't want to see us play like that each week and I don't expect to see us play like that each week um, but I, I think that was the the right approach for a game like this coming straight off um, obviously the Carabao Cup and um, us getting uh, handily beaten by Leicester City. I'd like to think it's definitely a step in the right direction of what we're actually trying to accomplish and what Ralph's actually trying to implement. I don't think we've, I don't know whether it comes down to personnel. I think it does more so than anything um, because I don't think we're playing particularly the way Ralph wants to 100% of the time. And I think that just comes down to personnel and for what he's done, you know, coming off the back of a 9-0 defeat, having, you know, a decent showing in the Carabao Cup. And then obviously a pretty decent showing on yesterday, or I guess Saturday we'll call it. Um, it just, it, it seems like we're starting to trend in a certain direction upwards, but it's still, like I say, I'm just, I'm just hoping that we're, we're learning from what we're doing wrong defensively, um, whether we're playing a back back five or you know two center backs or however we're doing it. Um, that's 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 ultimately where we're at. I mean, I think, like Jake said, it's it's hard to judge what we're doing based on a two straight matches against City because it's, can we can we do that against you know Villa or Newcastle um, and play at that same sort of you know mentality yeah and i would say that the saints have been pretty good against teams like this in the past if we set up in this manner right like and even under under pellegrino like we we weren't terrible if we chose to set up and, and just defend all day but the problem is is can we turn that around and go forward and that's oh, that's been the issue for every manager that we've had you know since kuman i would say um but a, a couple of changes to the team sheet I, M- mccarthy comes in for gun uh, after you know the kind of mess that was Leicester City, um, Stevens in for for Yoshida, and then Armstrong comes into the fold as well, um, probably because uh, Hoiberg's got to drop to left back, and and therefore he he comes into the in, in the midfield. And I thought I thought all three subs uh, or all three changes, I should say, were were you know, performed admirably. I, I wouldn't say that any of them were. Um, particularly bad in their in their positions, I thought that they all kind of earned their their keep, especially um, Jack Stevens. And granted, it's only two matches, but I mean that's a pretty impressive performance yesterday uh, at the center of that defense. When we, you know, we're coming off of a game where we got torn apart by by Leicester City. Yeah, I yeah. I, I I feel like um, the changes again. We we just defended the whole game, but 
I think the the changes made were appropriate ones. I, yesterday was kind of my realization that Jack Stevens isn't actually a terrible defender if all he has to do is defend deep. Um, I, I recall I was at Anfield when we beat Liverpool um, in the League Cup semi-final and we got absolutely hammered all game. Um, and if you recall, Shane Long scored in the last minute um, to make it 2-0 over two legs. Um, but Stevens was brilliant that game. Um, and that was it was similar in that if he's... If his back is essentially against our goal, he'll win most things in the air. And it's all, you know, it was such no-nonsense defending yesterday. The amount of times I saw Valerie or Hoiberg or any of our centre-halves boot it out uh, to Rose Z as soon as they got the chance. It, it, Stevens looks comfortable in, in that sort of um, defensive mode. I think Vestergaard also looked comfortable in that kind of defensive mode because he didn't have, we didn't have a high line. He didn't have to run back and he wasn't his pace was never really all that exploited um as for the other changes as you say i think armstrong was a necessity because hoiberg moved to left back and i think hoiberg actually did a good job out of position armstrong also has a bit more legs um than the rest of our central midfield so i guess maybe he was kind of being treated hopefully as as an additional outlet to redmond and ings but obviously we were so camped out an hour and a half that, that never really materialised, although it was his shot which led to our goal. Um, and as for Alex McCarthy, um, I was always of the opinion I, I'd prefer to see Gunn in goal um, just to... Cause I, I've never been overly um, overly won over by McCarthy's abilities, um, but I think it's the right decision at this point. I think I don't think Gunn... Who certainly wasn't totally at fault for the majority of the Leicester goals, but I just think um, the way things were trending with him, it was it wasn't it wasn't positive. So I think McCarthy deservedly had his spot and goal, and he didn't have that much to do in reality because um, our de- our defenders did a lot of the work for him. Um, so I, I didn't have any qualms with the selection choices Ralph made. I feel like uh, tactically he got it right in terms of. You know the the most we could have expected. I mean, we were one nil up, mm-hmm. and um, you know looked uh, like getting something from the game. So that's more than I, I would have expected before uh, the match had started. I'll say that uh, you know, the city had twenty six shots, we had three, uh, but both goalkeepers had the same number of saves, uh, which just shows that a lot of city shots were were off target, yeah. things like that. But I mean, and a lot of them, even if they weren't off target, they were they were blocked or uh, whatever. Uh, I was just going to go real quickly back to the to the center backs that you were talking about. Um, you know, because the big one of the big criticisms of Vestergaard was he's been terrible in the air, and he is, you know, I mean, he's a giant, and so what is he doing? But I think you saw what these defenders are really capable of doing, and and I would say that Bednarak of the of the three center backs yesterday had the worst game because I think he's the best kind of at probably playing the ball, even though he's made some mistakes this season. But um, both Vestergaard and Stevens uh, each had four. Uh, aerial duels one um, the the combination of them Vestergaard had 17 clearances Bednarak 12 Stevens 15 uh, so they were they were definitely just no nonsense like you said defending and and it was uh, you know I wouldn't say it was a joy to watch but it was nice to see the guys putting their bodies on the line you saw blocks going in from Romeo and Armstrong and people sliding in front of things that that's kind of what we all expected or I guess I guess we needed to see I wouldn't say expected but needed to see from the team after after what had happened but um, Alan, did any of the changes to you stand out as, as something that you, you feel worth mentioning or, or, you know, anybody, anybody in particular that kind of stand out to you as, uh, being dis- especially deserving of praise? I thought it was surprising that Jack Stevens was in the squad. Um, yeah, he scored on the weekend or in midweek. Um, and he played fairly well defensively, but I mean, that's, I was surprised just the fact that he's been almost, I mean, he's been a part of the subs like the last couple of weeks, but you know, he's hardly seen any action, you know, playing wise. So I was pleasantly surprised, but I, I thought he did. He did all right. It just seems like you say, you know, we can win the aerial duels, we can make the clearances, but then we defensively you just break down other ways, and it's like we can only do two of the three things, or you know, you know, week to week as opposed to all three, and then that's where the goals come from. And like I thought, the back line played 
played quite well um, for the majority. I mean, all, all but bar two, two the goal, the two goals. That's you know, I thought that was I thought Hoiberg was good left back. Um, obviously, we're really struggling without Bertrand, but I mean, what's what's he given us that you know Hoiberg really hasn't or didn't give us yesterday? So. The only one that was surprising was Stevens. I didn't think he was, was going to keep his spot. I thought it was just like a midweek change. Um, yeah. But that was probably the only one. I'm just glad they didn't put Danzo or whatever at left back. <laughs> well, see, I, I thought I, I almost would have preferred that. Um, and, and I can say that nothing that I said this week on any of the Manchester City like YouTube channels or, or anything was correct. Um, I, the lineup was wrong. I mean, I, I put Yoshida in the match day kind of edit that I do for the Southampton page and for me. And so it's like, you know, nothing I could have said this this week could have been more wrong, uh, which is awesome. Um, Do you think that, it's quite harsh that Yoshida um, was dropped? I think it is, because I think that he's... I mean, if you look at that squad, who's our senior player right now? Yeah, well, yeah. We're, we're seriously lacking that we overall have, as it is, yeah. Yeah, and it's just... I think that's what I said on the in that number podcast. It's like, we don't have a legitimate captain, and we've got Hoiberg, you know, trying out there with the armband, but it's like... Is he a legitimate captain? That's, you know, I mean, for, I mean, is he actually leading the team in that type of manner as opposed to, you know, something that like Stephen Davis did or right. Lilana did when he was there, things like that. It's just that was my question to them was was do we we don't really have a leader, um, and and Yoshida's kind of that senior guy. Yeah, I I think that in terms of Pierre captaining the team, I would say that. If you if you think back to like when Bertrand had the armband uh, there for a while, it was still Hoiberg who was kind of getting on all over people on the field and, and organizing things and, and doing that. And I think that's what got him the armband, you know. And I think a lot of fans were calling for it as well because he was a guy that was uh, trotting out there uh, after tough defeats and, and and getting in front of the camera. And, and I mean, we forget he's 24. Like he's not yeah. some senior player. Like like we said, he's not 28. He's not like in the. He's still learning a lot. Um, and he's a great player, uh, and obviously willing to, to do whatever the manager asks. And I think all of those things kind of go towards like, you're the captain. But, um, I think, I mean, I think if you look around at some of the other guys who captain other squads and maybe it's not even that big of a deal, maybe we just make too much of it. But like, I, I, you think that maybe there's a, there's something there that's missing and maybe that thing is just maturity, but, um, would Yoshida, a guy who, in this and this is going to sound harsh, but like you know, maybe he should be the the third or fourth center back. Like I don't think he he should be starting for us week in week out. Um, not that he's not a great servant, not that he doesn't come in and do a great job when he's there, but like that's that's not top half of the Premier League quality center backs, right? Like I, I think if Yashid is there, and and maybe a bit harsh to drop him after the Leicester City match, but uh, I think when I when I posted the picture of, of for the for this week, I think Glenda Core commented and said like I, I'd be surprised if he starts based on his performance specifically in uh, yeah. in the Leicester City match. And I didn't clue in on it uh, enough or, or watch him close enough to to know if it how many of those goals were his fault. I just got really really frustrated with what was happening um, and and decided you know this is this is just a complete capitulation on our part. And, and but maybe maybe that is his fault. And maybe as the the senior guy in the back, like you don't get to do that and then and then stay. The other question I have, though, is does bear in mind Kevin Danso was signed as you know a a potential centre half for us. Right. Does does Ralph actually rate him? Because at this point, he obviously had some fitness concerns when he first joined. Um, he was eased in. He got the red card against United, and then again was sort of eased in off the bench. But we've seen him play at left and right back, uh, centre half on occasion, but. Probably more more at fullback. Um, you know, it, it, have we signed the right player? I know he's only on loan, but um, it, it looks like, bearing in mind how bad our defence was against Leicester, uh, regardless of what you think about Stevens, Yoshida, Vestergaard, or, or whoever, Danso still isn't being seen as um, a potential replacement for any of these. So I'm wondering if he is the player we thought we signed. I'm thinking the same thing about Adams. I mean, you could extend that to Adams at the front because, I mean, he, he had a good run of starts to, to begin the year and then obviously he was dropped for, I mean, to, to rest, quote-unquote, you know. And, he, and we've not really seen him bar you know, the last six minutes of a match 
Yeah. And it's, or, you know, when we're down nine mil already and we've just not seen him. And it's like, is he, you know, kind of bunched in with that Danzo? Is he someone that we've signed and is just not the player for whatever reason, you know, whether it's him, whether it's how he's being managed, how he's put through training, you know, is he not the, the guy that we thought he was going to be when we signed him as well? I think with Adams, at least you could say, at least you could say Ralph did give him those, uh, that run of starts. I mean, he was starting ahead of Ings. Um, yeah. If they weren't playing together, it was Adams picked over Ings. Um, and, and Ings is pretty much our sole goal scorer at the moment. Right, right. So I see why Adams has been dropped and he, he might be low on confidence at this time, which I'd be shocked if there aren't more players severely lacking confidence after after the Leicester game in particular, but every other game pretty much. Um, I don't know. I, Adams, I think, is, I think he's just more struggling for form, whereas Danso's not really been given the chance from the very get-go. Um, at least you could say of Adams, he had a pre-season with us. Um, he was prolific in pre-season. We know that counts for very little. Um, we signed Danso on the last day of the transfer window, which was... Just totally unnecessary. Um, it's not as if we were haggling over fees or anything like that. We, we've got them on loan, so how much could we really be paying for that? Um, but Danso, for for whatever reason, just doesn't. It at least isn't favoured by Ralph as um, the centre back we we thought he would be. I mean, we signed him knowing that Augsburg played him as um, a holding midfielder last season. Um, Ralph in the press said that we were signing him on the basis that we think he could do a job at centre half and he's not really been given that chance. So but bear in mind how bad our defence is, it's a bit worrying that he's not even being considered as, you know, a solution to quite a big problem. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's two centre halves that, that could play centre half but also might do a job at, at holding midfielder, which uh, you know, people say that about Jack yeah. Stevens uh, quite quite a bit or we're saying that about Jack Stevens, but um yeah, it is a little bit worrying in terms of what we did, and and just to make a, a, a an unnecessary dig at our own club uh, on, on your comment of how much we could be paying because he's on loan. Like, remember who was there when we signed him on loan? So God, God knows how much we could be paying. Uh, it might be more than most transfer fees for small European clubs, but who who knows? Um, yeah, I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. Hopefully, I feel Me better. Too. Yeah, this, hopefully, it's a good I feel point, better though. about that, and then I will clean that out of the episode. But probably not. Uh, based on how I'm feeling recently, um, <laughs> is he is he supposed to be a loan, and then you ha- we have to buy him? I, I don't think we have to buy him, but I think we may have, if I recall anyway. I mean, we never, no one ever really gets the facts. Um, yeah, but I I feel like we at least have an agreement if we want to buy him, we can. I, yeah, yeah, I think there's an option to buy, but it's not like Danny Ings where we were buying him. It just wasn't going to happen until the following season. Um, that's my understanding. Once again, we could be wrong, but, um, let's, I mean, let's talk about our goal a little bit because early on in the match, obviously, uh, as you would have expected city kind of all over us, um, kind of coming forward and, uh, you know, managed to put a couple of shots together, uh, for them, uh, possession clearly in their favor. Um, but then we, we get a chance where Armstrong finds himself alone, kind of at the top of the box, takes a touch puts in what I would consider to be a fairly tame shot, uh, something that should have been saved by Ederson, uh, but he spills it. And uh, of all people, James Ward-Prowse on the, on the mark to, uh, to, to, to hammer it home and, and give us the lead. And at that point, um, I ironically tweeted, you know, just like we predicted, James Ward-Prowse gives us the lead, and uh, here we go. But, I mean, what were, were you, how, I guess, how surprised were you um, when, when we scored a goal that early uh, and and perhaps was it was it too early for us to to do that and then try to set up shop and and defend for uh, you know seventy five minutes? <laughs> I think it's uh, any goal you ever score against City, I think is ever too early. <laughs> um, any goal that we ever score particularly is never too early because we're not very you know, we're not goal scoring all over the place really. Um, but I thought for I mean I thought it was a deserved lead. Um, but then I think we just obviously the game flips when we score. And it's, I think, going in, I don't think we expected or intended to score that early. Um, I guess I mean, we don't really know what the plan is coming out from the from the dressing room, from Ralph, you know, what he said. Um, but I just thought, 
you know, if you, if, you know, it was, it was never too early to score. <laughs> but it's just, how do we respond? And I thought we responded really well going up. Yeah. Uh, um, Saints against City, if you can get a goal at a, like, uh, I guess it's true. Like, maybe, maybe we did score a bit too early and then we had to obviously set up shop after that. Um, but just to get a goal against City and to take the lead against City, I'd, I'd take that at any time of the game. Um, I think, uh, yeah, maybe it did force us into defending too early, but, you know, we, we did defend admirably for a very long time. Um, I think regardless, we, regardless of our, our defense playing well, um, there still are those chinks in our armor and, you know, City can get us. I, I remember the, the first season we were back in the Premier League. Um, I was at the Etihad when, uh, well, City just won the, the championship. We just got promoted. We were one nil down, took a two one lead in the second half, both goals being scored, I think about five minutes apart. And, you know, we were, we were leading, um, from behind in the second half and still capitulated to lose three two. Um, so I, I, I think, yeah, just, just to get a goal, I, I was grateful for. And I think Ward Prowse did very well to get in the position to, to tap that in. As, a, as you said, it was a very tame shot and Edison should have dealt with it, but just to have that sort of wearable and awareness to get in the, that right position is positive. Ward Prowse actually scored, um, a couple of goals like that last season when, after Ralph joined, um, so uh, I think that's positive. We we need goal scorers all across the pitch. We can't rely on Ings because, well, I do like Ings. I just don't think the service is there. Um, so we we need as many different goal scorers as possible. Um, so that that's a positive. And um, the fact that we did, you know, we 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 made City actually. They had to really fight for those three points. Um, so uh, I think the fact that we took the lead early was good. Um, it's a positive for sure anyway. People have been calling for Ward Prowse to be dropped for how many matches now? And it's like, yeah, he may not you know, always be the most consistent performer out there, but he's at least, you know, he, he's, I wouldn't say he's always impacting the game as well, but it's, it's the same thing. It's like we call for players to be dropped. And it's like, I mean, how many players can we, we've already dropped our keeper. And it's like, how many can we actually physically drop before we're just, you know, trying under 23s out there? And it's like, he, he's picked a really good time to, to score a goal for us. Um, and hopefully that just gives him some confidence. Because, I mean, he, he must know that he's not been playing to, to, to the level that he was at last year. I think there's a lot of people in the squad that are like that. I mean, Bednarik being one of them. Um, and maybe just being in a competitive match where they're actually you know fighting for three points fighting for you know their job at this point i mean, I mean who's going to get replaced next if we keep shifting people out but it's one of them it's good to see him score i think because i think it's going to hopefully go go a long way for him yeah i, I couldn't agree more and the thing is with war proud for years I, I thought he was absolutely terrible and then last season he came on form and i, I feel like he's a better player today than he was for a very long time when a lot of Saints fans loved him being included in our first team. Um, and also, as you said, like how many players can we realistically drop? Um, we, we know our, you know, our squad's not up to much, particularly in central midfield. I mean, just looking at the bench, we've got Gunn, Yoshida, Danso, Gineppo, Buffal, Long, Adams. That's two strikers, two wingers. Uh, Danso's, meant to be a centre-half, but who knows where he's meant to be playing, and, and Yoshida's another centre-half, so I mean I mean, Stuart Armstrong is essentially being played in central midfield, and he's meant to be a winger um, I think he could play central midfield, but he's not it just goes to show like how, it's not as if we've got injuries in central midfield um, really impacting our, our first team selection in those positions we just don't have them players, so I think Ward Prowse um, he has all the bells and whistles of you know, this specialist set-piece taker. Um, don't know if he offers a whole lot more, but last season he, he grabbed a fair few goals for us and hopefully um, yesterday is a, a sign of things to come with him. Well, I mean, let's just just real quick. I mean, Ward Prowse for Saints in the Premier League has 19 goals total in 204 appearances. 
Um, nine of those goals have come since Ralph has arrived at the club. So like he's playing a little bit further forward. He's probably playing better now than he has in a while, but still, and I'm guilty of it too. Uh, we criticize him for, um, for just not quite being enough. And I think for a long time, everybody was super happy that he was playing because he was an Academy product. And that was definitely something that, that drew me to the team. Uh, even uh, when I first started watching was like, I like the fact that players are coming through and playing and like, we're developing these guys and this is all great. But like, you know, now he's probably, even if we're not 100% convinced by his pace or his ability to play it, like right wing back if we need or whatever. Um, sometimes the dead balls haven't been as great, but He's got more goals under under Hasenhutl than he does under anybody else, and he's probably playing the best he has. He's only probably he's entering kind of the the peak years of his career. So like asking for him to be dropped, maybe in 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 favor of Armstrong, just because we want somebody who's a bit more uh, pacey or a bit more dynamic, maybe. But like I don't know, uh, I don't know if that's the the move you make. But then again, you it's hard to drop Hoiberg as the captain, and Romeo is the only holding midfielder we have, and we can't play with any more anybody else in the midfield because uh, well, we have to have 70,000 defenders uh, behind the ball all the time. So like it, 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 you get in this weird situation of your choices are kind of limited. Even if, even if, you know, you're not 100% happy with uh, some of the guys that, that are out there. But um, I just wanted to, to make that point about him. And, and I think a lot of people um, either, either you hate Ward Prowse or you love him and you, you're not allowed to be in between, which I think is, is a little bit ridiculous. I'm pretty indifferent when it comes to Ward Prowse. <laughs> Make yeah, a decision now, Alan. <laughs> so indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I mean, as, as I said, I, I used to not, I didn't rate him at all. I, I almost felt, when, especially when he's first on the scene, it's clear like he's, he was always billed as a specialist set piece taker. I almost felt like his, his delivery was almost too good for our players to even attack. Um, uh, it, it yeah, I'm, I'm indifferent because I think if he continued on the trajectory, he didn't have that second half of last season, I'd, I'd probably be one calling for him to be replaced. But like, short of you know putting maybe Callum Slattery in from the under-23s or something else, we just don't have... I, I don't know how it's got to this point, but we just don't have the squad to even change up our central midfield all that effectively. And I, I think I don't think he's necessarily the guiltiest of all parties um, within our midfield or within our team either. Um, I think those goals have definitely helped him cement his place under Ralph, um, even if he hasn't been performing all that well this season. But I think I'm I'm just hoping that uh, his goal yesterday kind of kicks something else off within him. But I also think he's a player that's shown that he, he reacts well when the team's under the cosh. I mean, last season we needed him uh, and his goals. And he was the one, he was probably the only player that really stepped up under Ralph um, and, and took the reins in that regard of, you know, additional goal output. Um, I just hope that's the same. I'm sure Ralph's absolutely got into the team this week. Um, and if that's a sign of Ward Prowse's reaction, and obviously it shouldn't, it shouldn't take a 9-0 loss for players to really step up. Um, but if he has stepped up as a result, that, that can only be a positive. And I don't really see an alternative anyway. So ho- hopefully um, it'll just be positive things from, from Ward Prowse in particular going forward. We, we need him, really. I'd agree. And um, I guess let's, let's move on a little bit to, I mean, we got to halftime uh, ahead. And I think that was, you know... Uh, there was some stat about about Manchester City not losing very many games when they at halftime, and a lot of them were against us, which I just found to be uh, kind of hard to believe. But um, I'm going to believe Opta Joe if if they say so. So anyway, uh, we get into uh, the second half and we maintain the lead, and it's getting to the point where I mean, I'm I'm starting to think like we might actually win this. You know, like it's gone from like how long until we concede, uh, and I'm trying to bury that thought inside myself, but like going from that to going like, we might actually get away with this. Like we might actually do this. This would be huge. And the only downside would be that like Liverpool would be that much closer to winning the title, which I don't want. Um, but, uh, then, you know, they, they do manage to, to score. And I'd been so impressed with how, how kind of organized the defense was, because that's been one of those things that we haven't done very well. And, and we've, we've made individual errors. We've, we've kind of come out and, and, 
kind of broken our shape trying to to do too much almost individually sometimes and and they stayed very committed very um very compact and forced manchester city to put crosses into the box over and over and over if you look at some of the heat maps for uh manchester city it's almost all down the wings and these crosses are coming in and either being headed out and then shots are coming back as a result and where we still have a chance to block them and all this stuff but uh we we do basically the same thing we have a pretty organized back line uh i put a i put a uh, an image in here in our in our notes uh, on the thing, but you can see Aguero finds that very small space. It's it's not even three yards or so that he has to to operate in, and Walker's cross just happens to find him, and it's one touch and and by the keeper, and it's 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 so kind of deflating when that happens. But you even though the fans will say the city. Uh, City had it coming, like they they were there, they were taking the the shots. But this uh, Aguero hadn't looked good all day. Uh, but but the cross comes in like low fizz cross from from Walker, and in terms of it, that was the opposite of what had been happening, which was everything was coming in the air. But um, when that goal goes in for you guys, is it all right now? It's time to to just hold that that lead, or do you think like now we're in trouble and we're not getting anything, or like what were your what was your kind of feeling as as it's happening? I'll let Jake go first. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so getting to about se- nearing 70 minutes and thinking we might actually get away with this one is always worrying um, because usually that's when things capitulate and things don't work out the way you want them to. Um, and I I actually thought at the time, so I think right before seeing the goal, Stevens made a bit of an error. Um, our defense, Our defensive line was actually a lot less deep for a change. I can't even remember how it came about, but he basically misjudged a, a header over the top and we were in trouble. And I was like, is this a sign of our defense starting to weaken, concentration starting to fall? And um, about two minutes later, City score. Um, for as well as we did defending-wise, and just looking at the, the photo of the uh, goal being set up that you shared with us, Matt, um, it reminds me, so Hoiberg's actually in the penalty area rather than closing uh, Walker down. Mm-hmm. And we we, invite, we invited plenty of crosses in and dealt with them well throughout, but even in that moment at the time it was happening, I was like, why has he got all this space? Because he, he could basically take aim as many bodies as we do have in there. You know, City have matched them in terms of attackers as well. Mm-hmm. And we gave him almost too much time. He essentially fired in a shot. He wasn't. There wasn't a whole lot of grace to his delivery into the area. But he he I mean, every other thing they attempted in terms of crossing in the air didn't work. So I guess um, they they had a plan B, and he fired in a a low cross. And Aguero, as he always is, is in the right position, especially against Southampton. I think it said um, in the game it was his eighth goal in thirteen appearances against Saints. Um, he's in the right position. It was the ball across was hit so hard. He, I guess, he was getting foot on it and directed in and uh, went through McCarthy's legs. Uh, all happened basically too quick for any of us to anticipate. So, I guess you could say, in hindsight, it was it was coming. You know, if that didn't go in, you you the opposite way, you'd say, oh, Saints were expertly defending everything City thrown away so it's just one of them um, it was deflating uh, I don't think I don't think I saw Southampton's heads drop um, like you, you perhaps would expect because they put so much effort into defending that lead for so long um, but it, it, was, it was it felt inevitable to me at least um, I wasn't overly surprised by it especially seeing Aguero being the one to score yeah, I'm kind of jumping on that same same sort of bandwagon in terms of wasn't surprised who scored, um, but I think I'm surprised in the manner in which they scored, uh, just for the fact that we had done so well um, with dealing with crosses into the box. Um, but I think what we've learned from going all the way back to unfortunately Leicester is that's what they did to us was I think teams realized that if they use the wide channels. Um, and just pump balls into the box. At some point, one is going to... Because, I mean, if you look at the picture, I mean, obviously the viewers can't see the picture, but, I mean, just the way we're set up, we have the numbers in the box, but they're not in the right position. I mean, they're just... They're almost too defensive. They're just given space to 
I mean, if it doesn't fall for, for Aguero, it falls for that Silva behind them, mm-hmm. Bernardo. I mean, they've got three guys right there that, I mean, because Bednarik's not close to Bernardo Silva, uh, Valeri's not close to Sterling. So, I mean, any, any one of those three guys could have easily finished that off if it's not Aguero. And it's, I think that the formula that teams are using against us is um, if they chip at us long enough, they're eventually going to make we're going to be caught out sleeping. Um, and I, I think that's what we saw there. I mean, obviously we expert defending until that point and uh, it, it took just you know, one cross and that's what happens when you play against, against the top six teams or teams vying for, for the title. I mean, that's they all, it's all they need is one shot. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, this is one of those instances where we weren't as kind of organized as we had been all, all game. And part of it was, I think the ball came back the other way towards us very quickly um, you can see, I think what Hoiberg's doing in, is, is, is hoping Walker's offside in that, and he barely he's, keeps the ball he's from going. He's hoping that ball's gone out, I think, because yeah. he's offside. He's definitely onside when the ball's played. Yeah, that, that was, was it. It looked like it, it went over the, over the yeah. line. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think it was. But that's what he's calling for, but, I mean, I've not seen a re- replay or whatever. It, it was in. Wasn't yeah. Was it in? Yeah, yeah I thought it was. You can click on, on the picture, but it won't change. It's just going to stay there. Uh, I won't play it back for you, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and then I guess, I guess moving on towards, towards the, the second goal or there, there are a couple one other thing. So let's talk about the goal and then we'll talk about some of the other things that were, I thought were fantastic about the game. Uh, before you have to go, Alan. Um, so the second goal comes in, uh, it's a cross. McCarthy comes for it. Um, doesn't get enough on it. Walker of course is, is there. Um, he gets a foot on it. It goes in. That's two one. Uh, City react like they've just won the league, um, and you can see this. That hurts because these guys have put in all of this effort. I mean, their bodies have to be bruised and battered after blocking that many shots. Um, I think there would have been something like twenty shots were blocked or something. Or twenty four shots were blocked uh, by by the guys on our team. So like that's 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 a lot of of, of sacrifice. And then for that to happen, uh, for it to happen that way is uh, is deflating. But uh, if you would have asked us at the beginning of the game, you know, hey, you lose 2-1, you put in a good performance, would you be happy with that? I think a lot of us would have said yes, uh, but it never feels that way once it's all, you know, uh, said and done and over with, right? I, I'm in the camp that I'm not a huge fan of saying, oh, we deserve something from that, because if we deserve something from it, then we would have gotten it. Um, so I'm always a bad stickler for that. I always play the bad guy in that regard, <laughs> but... And it's good, I think, someone, I mean, because at the end of the day, we've not gained any points. You know, we're still in the same position we were, you know, when we started the match. Obviously, we put in a good performance to, to at least test the champions. But I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that, I mean, if we deserve something, then, then we would have gotten it. But, I mean, it's, it's a much better performance than we had against Leicester. So I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, like, I... I remember in the, the build-up to the, the second goal, to me it looked like Angelino, the left-back, was um, was offside. And um, just because we've been bailed out by VAR so many times of late, I was kind of hoping um, it would come to our rescue again, and it never did. It was, um, I don't know, it, it, again, uh, as soon as it went 1-0, I, 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 I just assumed we'd end up losing it. Um, and I, while I do take some positives from the performance, I'm never satisfied with a loss, um, regardless of the opposition. And I think I, I'm almost more disappointed because we, we were close to getting something than I would be if we just got beat 3-0 and City were three up at half-time. Um, but there, there are positives to gain. We, we, all I wanted to see was the team actually fight and I felt like we saw that on Saturday. Um, you know, we didn't roll over. We we did sit back and defend, but that's how, you know, a, a team of our, our standard and caliber, I feel like that that was appropriate for that match. Um, it's, a, it's a shame. It was um, another sloppy goal. Um, McCarthy didn't have a whole lot to do all game, and he should have got a lot more on his... It wasn't even a punch. He kind of slapped it or, or tipped it um, straight into the path of Walker. He, he should have done more. Um, I appreciate there's plenty of bodies in the penalty area, including uh, a six foot seven Danish centre back. So it's probably easier said than done. 
Um, but I, I felt like the one of the few occasions he was really called upon, he he um, well, he, he literally flapped um, under the pressure. So I don't I don't know. I um, as I said, I, I was never the biggest fan of McCarthy. I don't think it's like we shouldn't go on his back too much for that. I don't, a game of such relentless pressure, there are going to be some errors. Um, we saw it with the first goal. As I said, I felt like uh, Walker was afforded too much space. We saw it in the second as well. I think that's just the way things are. If you score early and you, you're relying on defending against a world-class team for you know, 80 minutes or so, it's, you know, there's going to be a couple of errors in there. Unfortunately, City are the kind of team that are good enough to seize upon them errors. Yeah, I would say that the the errors when we make them, we're not generally good enough to to put a stop to it, you know. And and McCarthy yeah. did make another error, albeit it it didn't wind up costing us, but it did give uh, Manchester City a set piece inside the area, just inside the area, uh, from a simple back pass where Benarak, you know, we have a dead ball, we pass it back to him, and maybe it's not the right play because I think it's Aguero or somebody is pressing him. Uh, pressing McCarthy, but McCarthy chooses to pick the ball up, which you can't do. Like that's the, I know that, and I'm you know uh, an American, and I I know that. So like, and I'm not a goalkeeper. Um, but it's it, it was a little bit ridiculous. And you think about you know we've had goalkeeping errors, and people have been calling for McCarthy to go back in. And I think this is um, this may be a little ranty, but like this is one of the things that we do is as soon as somebody makes a mistake, we we bring up uh, you know oh the other guy that we dropped for him is better. And granted, I'll give them McCarthy didn't really do all that much wrong. I think to get dropped, but we, we bought gun for, you know, a significant amount of money. We want him to develop. And the only way he gets better is if you put him in, um, and maybe, yeah. you know, uh, and you leave it up to Ralph to go like, okay, you just need a, mo- a moment out of the way. You know, you don't need, uh, you conceded nine to Lester. You don't need to go back in against city. Um, but we can't really say that McCarthy had a huge game. He made, he made a couple of big saves. Um, but, but in those couple of moments where we really needed him to be there, uh, he wasn't. And, and does that mean he needs to be dropped? No, not necessarily. You know, everybody's going to make mistakes, especially when you're, you're probably switched on and mentally drained by that point. Even if, you know, even if you're not actually making the save, you're still moving your body towards that space and directing traffic and doing all this other stuff. So like, there's a lot of things to consider, but, um, I would say that the, the, you know, you said mentioned the one time he was, we needed him, he wasn't there. I would say that he almost cost us uh, before that even. And so, um, not, not ideal for, for us to have a, a goalkeeper doing that. But aside from aside from that, like I, I don't want to be totally, totally negative about about things because, you know, in the end, like you said, we lost. But uh, there were a couple of things that I think are just worth mentioning. Um, at one point when we're ahead, our our assistant coach, not Danny Roll, as they said in our coverage here, uh, holds holds <laughs> on to the ball, uh, won't give it back to the Manchester City players and <laughs> attempt to waste some time. And then so once <laughs> once City get ahead. Uh, Pep picks up the ball as it goes out of bounds and goes to hand it to him, which I just thought was like, it's both petty and childish, but also like, I can't not laugh at it. Um, even though I, def- I desperately want us to get the ball back. And it's just one of those things where, um, I don't know if you guys saw it in your coverage, but, but Hassan Hoodle and Pep were, were, were arguing a little bit. Um, the, the post-match coverage, Hassan Hoodle said, you know, I, I've seen him be a lot nicer than that. I, and so like, it wasn't a, a very kind of amicable, um, game but i guess it's it's high pressure high stakes and 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 pep has expectations for his team and and i don't know i did, did what did you guys make of any of that and also pep playing ball boy uh you know 30 or 40 yards outside the area i can't find his heat map on who scored they don't have it but uh, <laughs> i imagine he'd be up and down the wing just as much as uh probably further forward than most of our fullbacks most of the day honestly that's some um, history of saints isn't it do you remember he uh collared nathan redmond after we almost grounded out a, a draw against them yeah. Um, he, he took it upon himself to, I believe he said he told Redmond who he and his teammates can play a lot better than he did or something like that. So uh, he obviously doesn't like it when Southampton come to the Etihad and defend most of the game. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen a, <laughs> a bench of any, of any team, let alone Saints, hold on to the ball to waste time. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> I guess it's a sign of our desperation, and um, I think Pep's reaction to that was a sign of. Um, I don't think he reacts to pressure all that well, at least not in a positive way. Um, on the outside, anyway, I'm sure he gets into his players plenty, and they produce good results under pressure. But he, um, yeah, he seems to have lost his head a bit, and even uh, after the game, when they 
noted the customary handshake. There's definitely a few words exchanged between Pep and, and Ralph. And uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to mess with Ralph. Um, but Pep's just that sort of, he's got like a, a certain level of crazy, um, which I think most sort of geniuses have. Um, and he, Pep is a petty guy. And um, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the um, return picture will be like if they're, they'll resume any hostilities. Because I can't see Saints playing any other way, even if it was at home against a team like City. No, I think, I think when City come to town, it'll probably be a lot like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just chose, I'm just going to choose to laugh it off because it was, uh, it, it was all right. Um, considering yeah, is, is it sadistic or masochist? Cause I, I like when we play city for some reason, I think it always brings out the best in us. Like for some reason we've always had, even if we've not gotten results, I mean, I'm just contradicting myself saying, you know, oh, but it always tends to bring out a pretty decent performance from us when we play city. So I always wish that we could get something from it. By and large, I usually do fight against City. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, well, we have a couple of questions we should answer here. Um, and some of them are good and some of them are, are there. Uh, <laughs> we have one here from Finley.Duke on Instagram. And he says, how old is Matt Letizia? Matt Letizia is 51 years old. Uh, that's, that's that. Got one right. Thanks for answering that one. Nobody can, uh, can do that. Um, here's one from ALCAPWN156. I don't know how to pronounce that or what it should be, uh, but it says any stock increases or decreases with our back line or, or our players in general coming out of this game. And I think that's actually uh, a pretty decent question. Um, but anybody's, any, anybody, I guess, warrant uh, another start based on this? On this, I mean, I, I can think of our, our central defenders, Vestergaard and, and Stevens maybe had the best game that they've had in, in some time but like does that mean they should be um in there going forward or do you think you know when we're playing teams that aren't city and we're going to need to be uh, a little bit different of a team a different style do you think that other people need to come in i'm st- I, I think after seeing stevens the last few games i get another contradiction here i mean it's a surprise but that he still was still in in the lineup but i think he's one that it'll be interesting to see how he's handled in the next we play Everton next, isn't it? So it's interesting to see how he's handled. As if he's is he going to keep his spot? We we going to go back to Yoshida or what is? But he's one that's I don't know if his stock has risen, but I think he's at least given Ralph maybe some something to think about in terms of what he's shown over the last few matches. Um, like he, you just have to keep him so rudimental. Like he can't do anything that's out of his comfort zone, but that's what that's that's the one I'm kind of looking forward to seeing is how he's handled in the next coming fixtures. I'd say. Totally agree. Um, as I said before, I feel like Stevens is almost um, ready-made for games where we need to sit back and defend. Um, as Alan said, any, anything where he's out of his comfort zone, if he, I mean, if he has to touch the ball more than two or three times before passing it or clearing it, I'd, I'd be concerned. Um, so I think his stock's raised and that he'll at least be considered as an option for those kind of games. I, I'd be a bit concerned against Everton because I feel like if Everton's a kind of game, they're in the form that we, we should be looking to try and get a result from, mm-hmm. um, which means we need to be playing on the front foot. Um, you know, they have, they have plenty of... Um, you know, suspicions about their squad as well. Um, so I'd like to think we'd play a bit, bit more proactively, and I don't think Stevens necessarily fits, fits that mold, but he's definitely played himself into contention for other fixtures. Um, I, I guess last question here before we have to wrap this up a little bit, but um, the guys from the In That Number podcast, uh, who, Alan, you are quite familiar with, uh, says, can, can we realistically keep defending like that against the likes of Everton and Arsenal? Uh, and I think we kind of established there, like, I don't expect us to to go out and and play in that manner again. And I think, I think most of the fan base will understand how we set up yesterday against city. But if you do that against Everton, if you do that against some of these other teams, you're probably going to be, have some people that are quickly disappointed, you know? Um, But at the same time, if you're Ralph, you have to do what works. And if this is what works, if this is what gets us a result, even though it didn't in this case, um, that's the closest we've been to a result 
in, in some time. You know, that's the, probably the best we've looked as a team, the most cohesive, I would say, maybe not best, but most cohesive that we've looked. Um, you know, if that's what you have to do, then that's what you have to do. But I, I would expect us to be um, a little bit different next week, like you said, uh, looking to get a result against Everton in terms of taking it to them a little bit. Um, but I mean, I guess who else in the league would you expect us to set up this the, this way uh, against? Would it just be City, Liverpool, maybe maybe Arsenal? But I don't even know because they're they're a bit of a disaster as well. Yeah, I think I think the way I took that question is more on the whole. Can we keep defending like that? Can we have that same confidence oh. against the likes of Everton? That's kind of how I took it. Um, more so than well, than answer the that because that's a better. That's that's more uh, that's more fun. And I think. Yeah, it's that's one of those that remains to be seen because we've not done it yet. I don't think um, we, we did. What was it Wolves? We drew Wolves, and then who else did we draw against recently? Because that's the only points we've gotten. And it's like I just I don't I'm I think that's the that's the way I've taken the question, and it remains to be seen because we've not done it previously. Um, so maybe we've built some confidence finally in the back line, whether it's the back four or a back five. I hate to be devil's advocate, but while while we did defend well for 70 minutes or so, we did still concede two goals and lose. Um, so I feel like, in in terms of the question, the way you looked at it, Matt, I feel like we'll defend in that sort of manner or play in that manner. And seen, I think Liverpool, City, I think based on how they played against us, Chelsea as well. I think every, every other team, I'd I'd be hoping that we play. Um, a lot more forward thinking um, but we do need to show up at the back and the individual performances at the back were a marked improvement then against Leicester um, and plenty of other games this season so I hope that is a trend that continues it's just um, we I mean everything depends on formation the opponent everything else I just hope in general we just cut out the mistakes at the back and as a result, we will see an improved defense. And I, I think yesterday was a, at least a, a step in that direction. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, guys, I, I hope we've done this justice. I mean, I've enjoyed this. Whether or not the, the listeners will, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> it's open. Yeah, well, hopefully, yeah we're but, hopefully, hopefully we're better than the... Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, I think so. I think so. Um, <laughs> God damn it, I'm about to cut that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, because put it together and then I'll really be in trouble. Um, <laughs> I love that. But, I don't know. Um, but but thank you guys for coming on, and uh, you know I hope I hope that we'll uh, we'll have to set up and do this again uh, before too long. But um, yeah, uh, thanks thanks for coming on. And if anybody wants to to follow along, they can do that at St. Mary's Musings. Uh, Alan, that will get them to to mostly your your tweets and stuff during the games. But uh, you are at a underscore Gunsy. Jake, you are at JJ Hughes. Um, and uh, the website is stmarysmusings.sbnation.com. And the time change means that my entire family is up. And so the dog is up and everybody is great. <laughs> and it's going to be a good day. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, you for having us on. Day. Thank you for having us both on. Um, try and do your best to avoid the wildfires. Oh, yeah, I'll be all right. We'll be, we'll be fine. The only thing that may happen is our power may go out. That will be, that will be the big thing if... Uh, PG&E hasn't done a great job of of keeping up with the maintenance, and so they are their things, their their kind of towers tend to set off sparks at some point and start fires, and that's not great. So they are uh, rolling blackouts all around the state, trying to prevent that from happening. Oh well, okay, that's well, it's, it's yeah, not, it's not a good look. Sure you guys, but yeah, yeah, but uh, we're okay for now. I haven't seen my neighbor, and uh, I think going on a month now because he's a firefighter. He's just been going from fire to fire, and so. I say like, you know, I hope you're all right. And he's like, I'm fine. Like this is all overtime. So just like imagine, uh, you know, three solid weeks of, of overtime for like basically 24 hours a day. Um, it's costing California a lot, but he's, he's going to be happy when he gets back. <laughs> I thought that was going to take a really dark turn. I haven't seen my neighbor in a month. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the other show we do is like a murder mystery show. But um, my wife's in charge of that one, not me. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you for having us. does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. A special thanks this week goes out to the guys from St. Mary's Musings, who you can follow on Twitter at St. Mary's Musings, 
or you can get Jake directly at JJ Hughes underscore, or you can get Alan, no relation to Angus Gunn, at A underscore Gunzy. He'll be changing his name officially soon. I have no doubts. If Twitter's not your thing, you just want to go straight to the website, you can do that too at stmarysmusings.spnation.com. Uh, or alternatively, you can go to southhamptondelivery.com, which is this show's website. And from there, you can click the link to go directly to St. Mary's Musings. It just depends on how many clicks or types you want. I don't know. You figure it out. If you would like to follow this show on Twitter or Instagram, you can do that. We are at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFCDelivery. There are links to all of those, like I said, at SouthamptonDelivery.com, where you can also get links to the show on various audio platforms so you can subscribe so you make sure you don't miss future episodes. The show is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. If you're not sure how to do it, head to the website or send me a message. I'll do my best to get back to you. Uh, my inbox right now has some messages in it. I am getting through them. Uh, be patient with me. I promise I'm trying. Uh, when you go to the website, one of the other things you can do is sign up to receive the weekly newsletter. Uh, it's infused with some humor. It tries to provide some analysis, but mostly will keep you up to date with things that are going on both with the show and with the club. And we hope to make you laugh in the process. The show would not be possible without the partners of the show. Uh, the logo is designed by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page and the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is where you should go for all of your Southampton FC news and needs. The podcast only comes out once a week. The newsletter only comes out once a week. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in between. So give the guys at the Southampton page a follow. Uh, really do appreciate that. Uh, and for those of you uh, who are wondering uh, what else I do with my time, um, in addition to being a dad, a teacher, and a husband. We also have a small following of people over at patreon.com slash SFC delivery, and they get extra stuff. So they get my extra time. Uh, I hope that you understand that if you would like to be a part of that, uh, whether it's uh, be involved in the discord chat that we have, that's just for Patreon members, or maybe even get the extra podcast episode once a month. Some of those guys get, uh, you can do that, but that's totally up to you. Okay. So that's it for this week. We'll be back next week after the Everton match. And until then, from the together, we march on.